0: Welcome, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. Um, The last two have been a lot of fun uh, with some guests. The Battle of the Sexes with Dr. Day Sheridan, which um, I clearly won. Um, Hands down. Men are better. That's the way that turned out. Um, And then, of course, we had uh, Gary Warner talking about the Oscars. And I have Gary back on the show this week because two of the topics um, are political uh third one might be a little political and i had to find the leftist leaning friend that i had and i think gary leans so far left that if he falls to the left he's actually going to be at the end of the right line um but there's three topics on this podcast that's it short and simple three of them are hot issues though the first one is the email sent out by the 47 senators from the United States to Iran.
1: Oh, you mean the treason?
0: The treasonous email, yes. Uh, The second being Hillary Clinton and her emails, keeping it in the the email family. And then the last is the Oklahoma fraternity, SAE, and the um, wheels on the bus just kept going round and round in Oklahoma. And we'll talk about you know their, their um, song and, and not wanting black people in their fraternity and all that. But first off, the 47 senators. Now, I have made it clear on every podcast I have never been a registered Republican, never been a re- registered Democrat. Um, I am as middle of the aisle as anybody. And you know that of me, Gary. I, I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm very middle of the aisle. Um, I am. I've always said I am. I have no issues with the abortion law. In fact, I am, I'm not a pro-life person. Uh, I believe in a woman's right to choose. I am also very much for the Second Amendment. So I, I'm all over the map. One of the things, my huge thing is free speech, which I think the Democrats really tend to tighten up. Um, I, I think they're very conservative when it comes to that. Let's eliminate words. So I, I'm all over the map. But it's you're pretty much on the record as being a Democrat.
1: No, I'm a Democrat, yes. Right.
0: I mean, you... Have you ever voted for a Republican? Yes. Okay. In terms of presidents? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think I voted
1: for a mayor in my hometown of Paramus. And a student uh, council president in grammar R. school. Yeah, yeah, he would never vote for that <laughs> Republican.
0: <laughs> okay. So you've never voted for a Republican president?
1: Uh, no. No, I haven't. Even when Reagan... I, I always choose the better candidate.
0: <laughs> okay. So even Reagan, when he was running against Carter... Well, Are
1: you kidding? I was a huge Jimmy Carter supporter okay. in college.
0: Mondale, yeah. you who was it? It was Mondale, Ferraro. You voted.
1: I voted for Walter. Yeah. You
0: voted. So you were, and the other ten people. Okay. Right. So that yeah, right. so that pretty much shows uh, where Gary leans. Now, with the email, it's clear. It shouldn't have been sent, and here's my take on it. Let's let's take politics out of the equation. You never undermine the boss that way.
1: That's exactly it. I mean, it's 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 like sneaking in. Hey, you know, you you guys, even though he wants you to do this, don't do it because it's gonna in the end, it's not gonna work for you. It was clearly undermining uh, a president in office, and I think it it, it it borders on treason. Okay,
0: now you worked for uh, can I say you worked for ABC? Can I say the yeah. network? Oh, you worked for ABC. Now you're, you're talking. Television, there's a lot of people maneuvering themselves all the time, people switching places. Even in that situation, that's a very competitive field where there's always people moving around. I mean, no one ever goes past the boss to a producer or someone says, hey, listen, you know, don't listen to what he's the, – the president of programming is going to be fired or going to be retired. So anything he says doesn't go – that would never happen. Not publicly. Right.
1: But privately. Stuff is done all the time, and I'm sure it's done in, in politics also. Okay.
0: And that was the key here. Yeah. That this was broadcast for the world to see.
1: I just wonder, Vinny, how – how it got started? Considering so many of them are, are you know, backtracking now, like Senator McCain. Not, uh, frankly, I am surprised that he signed it. I think he's surprised he signed it.
0: Well, here is the thing, and and here is the the question I have. Listen, there are a lot of times people, individuals, you write an email and you hit you send, hit send, <laughs> and your immediate reaction is, oh man, you know what? Let me see if I can retrieve that email. This is a situation where 47 people, I'm assuming, let's say half of them saw a draft of this thing before it was sent out. Doesn't anybody in the room stand up and say, you know what, guys, hold on a second. Let's think about just don't click send yet. Don't click send. Let's let's take a beat on this. Um, let's, Let's say we send it to Iran. What do you think Iran's going to say when they see this email? That's the thing that really boggles my mind here is no one in that room was, and we're not talking super intelligent, was smart enough to think about Iran's reaction. Forget about Obama. Iran's reaction to this thing. It's, it's a case of acting before thinking. And this, see, to me, this is scary because if you're that impulsive – in office, that you would take that much of a knee-jerk reaction on foreign policy and really put the public in danger. Yes, exa- exactly. Because we're talking about nuclear proliferation yeah, here. kidding around. Yeah, this isn't, you know, just yeah. a, a Cold War issue here. This is nuclear proliferation in the Middle East, which is falling apart between ISIS and everything else going on and the problems in Syria. This isn't one of those things that I, listen, to me— if you could take that type of knee-jerk reaction I think those 47 candidates have to be publicized from now until the election it can't be their names can't be said enough you have to vote them out I would think I, I mean I, I want to know the justification for not voting them out and I don't want to hear well you know listen this was a one-time you just incident. called
1: them 47 candidates well they're senators uh, they're right. right they're
0: incumbents right they're incumbents. Right. But I think they should be voted out. I I can't justify them not being voted out. And to me, I've tried to put this in the same perspective as a lawyer. I'm an attorney. If my client ever spoke to another attorney about our case, that in and of itself would be a communication that the other lawyer would have to report to me. Now, the people in office, most of these people are educated people, and some of them are lawyers. Mm-hmm. Even that in your background, you should know. You can't do this. I mean, is, am I really simplifying this? Oh,
1: no, not at all. I, I just wonder, because you're probably a little more up to date on it. How many have kind of backtracked or recanted?
0: Since the only, I... th- well, here's the thing. I'm not well, I don't su- think many will. No. From what I can see, too— And to me, it's not disturbing that two have recanted. That I don't care about because I don't want – listen, it's worse at this point. Here's the two extremes that you could do to screw this thing up. Say, you know what? I didn't see the email. My name was attached to it because then my government is completely incompetent. Then you
1: look like an idiot.
0: Right. Then you look like an idiot. Now you're incompetent. You're worse than stupid. You're incompetent. The second thing is actually saying I sent it, and you know what? I would send it again. But which is worse there? I didn't know. Or you know what? Yeah, I'd do it again.
1: I think the one actually I didn't know, I think, is worse because then you then you have to doubt every one of the uh, uh, decisions that your elected official makes. Is he not looking at things? Is is some underling doing the work and really the brains behind it? I mean, we had that in the White House with with uh, with Bush. Right. We had his people making all the decisions.
0: I I agree with you. I would rather see someone say, you know what, I'm going to stand by it as ludicrous as a decision as it was, than say, you know what, I I really didn't know what was going on, and it was kind of something that was sent to me. I didn't get a chance to look at it. I said, sure, sign my name, because then you're incompetent, and I'd I'd rather you be stupid (laughs) than incompetent. Stupid tells me that you thought about it. You thought this was a good idea. And then you can tell me why you think it's a good idea. But just incompetent is scary to me. Yeah. So, all right. Now, as a Democrat, you're saying this is a treasonous act. I do. And you Uh, believe those senators should be removed. What's the punishment? You're a Democrat. Here's your chance. You can't remove
1: 47 cents. You can't remove uh, the entire... Uh, nearly the entire uh, population of <laughs> Senate Republicans. Oh, well, almost half. Yeah.
0: Right. So w- what do we do? Yeah. Um, it's tricky because it's un- the to problem. me it's unprecedented. Well, now hold on a second. Oh, it, oh, it's not. It's not. Ah, it's not. He's
1: done some research, folks. It's, it's He's not. on it.
0: It's <laughs> not. And I'm going to take you back to 1983 when Ted Kennedy – sends a letter to Russia undermining Ronald Reagan. Now, back then, there were no emails. He actually had to lick an envelope. it, <laughs> typewriter. Seal it, put a stamp on it, carry it to a mailbox. <laughs> this was not a click and send. This one took a little bit more. Now, even if he handed it to his secretary and said, here, send that out, and a secretary says, oh, we're sending a letter to Russia? <laughs> that that one took a little bit more.
1: Well, I don't remember that because I have selective memory, like a <laughs> lot of people about the candidates. All right.
0: Then let me go more recent. Let me go more recent. 2007, Nancy Pelosi goes not only—forget about an email. She goes on the Middle East tour and undermines President Bush in what was, to me— an absolute despicable act, and I don't know how she was let back in the country. Now, as again, you're you're a guy on on the left side. Do we do? Should we have done to Pelosi then what we should do to these senators well, now?
1: I mean, the Pelosi uh, uh, um, trip was more of a rogue act, and here you've got uh, this—you know—a a group, a huge group of of. The, you know, virtually the entire uh, Republican senatorial um, members. So I, I don't know. It's in sheer volume alone. This is this is so much bigger. I wouldn't know what to do with it.
0: You know, I, I almost think they should abstain from any vote that comes before them now with regards to this issue. Okay, I think so you who's give going
1: up. To, who's going to make them do that?
0: Well, that, that becomes something that and, – and this is part of what I've looked at. I actually looked at the Logan Act uh, this week, and it was something that you know popped into my head from being a history buff, and, and I went straight to you know our, our amendments, and I said, okay, let's look up acts of treason. Now, when it comes to the president, only the Senate can bring an act of treason in Congress. When it comes to elected officials, senators, congressmen, a citizen in that district – would have the right to bring an act of treason against their representative. And in this situation, I don't think that that would be misplaced for citizens to come up with a petition and say, listen, you've put me in harm's way. You know what? I think you should abstain from the vote coming up now that you've tipped your hand. Or, you know what, we have to bring acts of treason in 47 districts.
1: Is this an individual thing, like a citizen of—we'll use McCain as an example. Yes. A citizen of Arizona would have to bring these uh, uh, charges— An act of treason. An act of treason against Senator McCain. An individual.
0: Absolutely. And I think an individual taxpayer voter Mm. has standing to do that. My reading of the Logan Act doesn't prevent a citizen from doing that, and I think we're at a point now— where somebody has to start doing this. And I don't know if, it's, if it should come from the left. I think to save face, this is where the Republican Party needs to look at their incumbents and potential candidates and say, you know what? Listen, we acted beyond our power. That's how you repair government, is the party at fault, takes the blame, and within the party, someone stands up and says... This is not who we are. This is not what we do. Well,
1: I think that's only going to happen if their are re-election possibilities are threatened. Well, yeah, but that's this. too late. And that's too late. Yeah, that's pretty, right. Yeah,
0: It's got to be done immediately. And we're not going to see it. And I think, again, going back to Pelosi, because nothing happened with Pelosi, nothing's happening to these 47. Let's be honest. Oh, no, nothing. Nothing. They're going unscathed. Oh, yeah. and And it's getting bad. They just have to deal with public opinion. Absolutely. And, and hopefully something big won't happen between now and their next Ooh. election bid. What do you then, mean
1: by something big?
0: Something th- that makes us forget.
1: Oh. oh, that'll probably happen, though. It's and
0: that probably happen within the next week. Yeah. We'll get another snowstorm yeah. or a we'll hurricane. We'll be onto something else. Yeah, we'll be onto something else and everybody yeah. will forget.
1: The only thing that ever goes on and on is Benghazi.
0: That's it. Right, <laughs> exactly. All right. Now, keeping with emails that shouldn't be sent. That should be deleted. That shouldn't be deleted. Hillary Clinton comes out and says she actually admits I violated this rule that exists, that I did not have a government email address. I used my personal email, and I shouldn't have done it. Now, it's a rule. It's there. Do you have a problem with her using her personal address and not a government address based on the fact that there's a rule?
1: Yeah, I have a problem with it, sure.
0: Okay, great. Excellent. Yeah. And this is left-leaning Gary Warner, everybody. Yeah. I want you to know that. He's this—he's as lefty as Lefty Drizel, <laughs> the coach, and Sandy Koufax, <laughs> the pitcher. Um, we're talking very left-leaning. Now, here's my big issue yeah, with you it. Yeah, you tell me. A municipal court judge in South Hackensack was appointed judge and immediately found out there was an ethics canon, a judicial canon, that he can't do certain charity work while you're a municipal court judge. The second he found out such a rule, he blew the whistle on himself, himself yeah. Okay. and eventually went before the Supreme Court on a hearing with regards to rules existing with regards to being an actor, comedian, and doing charity work. All of the information presented to the Supreme Court and the Administrative Office of the Courts was presented by that judge himself. And there was a rule. The second you know there's a rule, you acknowledge the rule. I'm talking obviously about me. When I heard this, the fact that Clinton basically shrugged off this rule and said, I just thought this would be easier, was insulting to me. Now, as... You know, just a public citizen, again, left-leaning public citizen. What was your reaction to this?
1: Well, I don't think it's that big an issue, ultimately. Um, But I think that, yeah, I I think if she was aware of the rule, um, I think her apology should have—I think she should have apologized. Okay,
0: now this is why I love having a Democrat here on on this one. When you say it's not that big of an issue, tell me— why to you this is not that big of an issue?
1: Because I don't think there's been any repercussions from it. I don't think I don't think it's hurt us.
0: Okay. Right. So the fact that there's a rule, the rule's been broken, the bottom line is you know what?
1: Wait, can you ask me, did she acknowledge knowing that there was a rule?
0: She has now. Okay. She her, up to
1: this I hadn't heard that.
0: Yeah, her answer to this point is I did this for simplicity purposes. It was just easier Easier to have one phone. One phone rather than two. Now, let's go over to one phone rather than two thing. Don't lie to me to my face. Your husband already waved a finger to me in my face and told me how he didn't have sex sex with that woman. Right. (laughs) And then we have stains all over blue dresses. Oh, boy. Listen, you can't tell me it's a hassle for you to carry around two phones when you have handlers and people following you everywhere you go. You have a briefcase. You have what? Come on, we're not talking. You're going out to dinner with a handbag, and you can't fit your makeup case and your two phones in the handbag.
1: Okay, but you know, I wonder. <laughs> That's right, all you're gonna show. give me? Okay, all right. No, uh, no, I'll buy it. I'll buy that. But uh, it's a terrible excuse. Yeah, it is. It's a bad one. Okay, it's right. a bad one. It's, Go it's, ahead. It is. It's an awful excuse. Okay, really. I mean, please. I mean, I, I see plenty of people with uh, with two phones. I was on an airplane. Uh, recently, with I don't know, I still don't know who this guy was, but it was a, a about six foot five, and he was an athlete. And someone got his autograph as, and I'm like, how do I not know this guy? A football, a basketball player, a basketball wow. player. This guy sitting next to me, he's got three phones.
0: Okay, three phones. Listen, this is an age. I remember in the '90s when people carried a pager and a phone. That's true. Okay, so that was not a that big of a deal. We're in an age now where you have a laptop, a phone. Tablets, a tablet and potentially some other device, an iPod, something depending on the type of phone you have. If it doesn't play music, we carry around three or four devices. Right.
1: And then you always have your landline.
0: Right. So this notion of, ah, you know, and it was just a hassle to carry around two phones. It comes off as very disingenuous. And that leads me to believe, again, you're hiding something. Why, just, Why
1: does that lead you to believe you're hiding something?
0: Well, because then she takes the next action and deletes 30,000 emails when she's asked to hand over. Well, you got to give us all the emails. All right. So but now we you,
1: got 54,000. Well, How right. many do you need? Well,
0: here's the thing. At what point during all of this does she have the time in her position to delete thirty? Thousand email. What are you doing at work? Listen, I understand you want to check Twitter. I understand you want to check <laughs> Facebook. You want to flip through some Instagram pictures. Do you know what it is to delete oh thirty thousand emails? Yeah, I know. Now, and she says, "Well, they're all personal. They were between me and my husband. Did you hear this one? And my daughter.
1: I thought also. yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Now, Bill Clinton is on record saying." He has sent two emails in his entire life, (laughs) both as president. Whoops. So he doesn't even have an email account. So, again, see, that's what happens when you start using these excuses and they just start compounding on each other with these lies. And it's the same thing with, you know, the 47 people that, oh, you know what? I didn't know. And here we are again. Oh, you know what? I didn't know it was a rule, but eh, this is just easier. And I deleted personally. Basically, everybody in Washington is lying to us right now. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think th- – I wonder how this is re- reformed a lot of people in Washington. I bet you there's a lot of people carrying around two phones now.
0: But, I mean, it's it's rampant. This isn't yeah. a left-right thing anymore. Yeah. I mean, now, as again, as, as a Democrat, and I'm a guy in the middle, are you finding yourself falling more towards the middle and just the general disgust even towards your own party? Or is this, ah, eh, you know what? This is just – politics
1: well it's politics as usual but no i'm not finding myself fall, falling more towards the middle at all
0: you mean on the issues just just in in the sense of you know what I, you know i i see the right and i see what they did with the 47 emails right. and you know what i i know what kennedy did in 83 i know what pelosi did in 2007 now we have hillary clinton with this issue you know what i I'm coming to a point I can't believe either side.
1: Yeah. Well, to me, I'm more I'm more frustrated with the unbending nature of uh, of both parties. How, you know, the lack of compromise, lack of ability to compromise. Well, that's another issue.
0: Right. And I've always said that issue to me became an issue. And I just made reference to it in a joke was with the Linda trip and the investigation of Clinton with regards to. Uh, the affair with Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. I think that's really where the aisles divided and parted. Wh- why then? You know why then? Because that's when it, the first time it really became personal. And if you look back to Roosevelt's administration during World War II, everyone was convinced he was having an affair. You look at Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe and and Bobby Kennedy and and you know what was potentially going on there with Jackie Kennedy, who became Jackie Onassis, and you know all of their affairs. I think we always had a certain decorum mm. in the United States that, you know what, leave the private, personal stuff out. Yeah. Like even with Carter with his brother, who obviously had dependency issues.
1: Or, uh, yeah, of right. course. It,
0: it, they didn't, never seemed to attack that. We seemed to stay away from the kids for the most part, even though the Bush girls kind of caught theirs, oh, but, I,
1: did they really?
0: But they did. They did and didn't. Didn't. They,
1: they kind of did some things. They that, did some things that brought yeah. the attention but to they themselves. Were kids they, were, I, they were exactly, kids, and I think I think we recognize that. And, but I
0: think part of that happened again. It's it seemed to all come to be from Clinton Lewinsky. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, it has gotten personal, and you look at you know you used to hear th- you know you hear things on the street from people talking about ah the president this you know or that he's a, he's a he's a Kenyan you know, but then you hear people when, when I heard Rudy Giuliani now, Giuliani now granted he's not a national I don't think he's a national political figure anymore he's kind of no. just like a cartoon who goes on Fox News and he stuff was, and makes money from speeches yes. He's a big you know he was he was
0: hot. Um, based upon his reaction with nine eleven, as the mayor who was at that point in yeah, the spotlight. Right place, right time. For right, him. right.
1: Bad time for us. Bad time for
0: us, right time for him yeah, to, I think to so. shine. Yeah. He handled the situation. Well, I think he's one of the better mayors we've had in the last 30 years in New York. But nonetheless, not. A na- I don't think he's a national figure. No, I don't either. And he, look at his situation. Between, you know, ex-wife and Ugh. the kid and the girlfriend and, and everything else. He's had a mess. Yeah, look in the mirror, Rudy. Now, but,
1: I mean, the things he said were like some things you hear from some idiot bus driver or something. That uh, I heard a bus driver talking one day about the president on a short-line bus. I mean, I'm like, what is this guy
0: saying? And, and this is going to tie all of this together, the first two topics. Uh-huh. The, the 47 senators and, and the Hillary Clinton issue and the lies and the deception and the incompetence and undermining the president disregard for rules have we in this country and i'm now again someone in television and i'm a comedian and i love the first amendment in kind of making fun of presidents over the years and you know we we saw it heavy with george w bush i mean the word retard was used (laughs) to describe him in comedy clubs um you know the, the yeah, for, uh, yeah, yeah. you know people were saying, you know what now that George W. Bush is president, you know I was a, a D student in high school now I know I could become president I mean this, right. these are some of the things we were hearing yeah Have we gone have we crossed the line of decency even in entertainment and comedy and in making fun of presidents and these leaders and, and creating satire where we've made a joke of them and they're acting accordingly?
1: So they're acting as a result They're
0: It's almost as if, you know what, we've we've turned them into a joke. We've made a joke of them. So it's almost as if, you know what, the position doesn't command the respect it once did. So it's almost as if they can act like kids.
1: Well, they are acting like kids. So maybe there is a, a, a correlation.
0: Yeah. And and I'm a big free free speech guy. Yeah, but me too. I, I I think we, you know, I sometimes it, it, it bothers me when we do that with the president. And I've never liked it. I didn't like it with, with Clinton. One thing is doing an impersonation. Daryl Hammond, who is a friend of mine who you've met with, you yes. know, uh, hung out with me. You know, he did the impersonation on Saturday Night Live. Rich Little used to do, you know, God knows how many different presidents, Nixon, Reagan, everyone else. It's one thing to do an impersonation. It's another thing when we really start poking fun at them.
1: Well, it's, it's what is bad taste. Right. I mean, who makes that decision? Who's the arbiter?
0: I, I think we have to start looking at that, though, as something that, you know what, we've made such a joke of our system of government, not that they're not helping us, not that they're not writing the setup and we're just writing the punchline. But it's almost as if, you know what, that position has become so insignificant. You know, we we've, we've made a joke of what these guys are when I say guys, I'm not being misogynistic. We've made a joke of what senators and congressmen are in this country with Christie and his weight issues and everything else that, you know what, it's it's not an important job. But yet it's a hugely important job. Yeah. I mean, look at what Christie's doing in this state with the money from Sandy. He apparently blew two hundred fifty million dollars. We have Bob Menendez, who's flying back and forth to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. You know, with, with some individual guy who's been funding his campaign. I mean, it's rampant.
1: It's rampant. Okay. So we we have, we're, we're heading down a creek.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and the, yeah. the paddle's not helping. All right. Let's get into the final topic um, Oklahoma and the SAE chapter. Um, it's been all over the news. Everyone has seen these kids were on a bus and they basically made up a song that they chanted. Um,
1: Who were the kids?
0: The kids were. Students at Oklahoma University, University of Oklahoma. So it, the wasn't, a, it wasn't a sports team. No, no, no. Okay. These are these are kids. Yeah. And there's a fraternity on camp or was a fraternity on oh, campus. Yeah. Greek fraternity, SAE. Um, so was that Sigma Sigma Alpha Epsilon? OK, this is their fraternity. They are on a bus. One of them turns on an iPhone. And again, people. First of all, here's the first lesson. Whenever you're doing something. And you're chanting something or you're saying something out loud. You have to know somebody's watching.
1: And these days, not only is somebody watching, but somebody's recording videoing and recording, recording. I mean, which never happened in, in previous times. Never I mean, you know, used yeah. to be a he said, she said always not anymore. Everything is on video now.
0: There's cameras everywhere. It's crazy. I'm amazed when I watch the news that when you hear there's an abduction, there was a guy kicking a the dog. There was this. Uh, we have video footage. Yeah. That never happened before. Yeah. It used to be reports. People reported. Now we actually have videos. Yeah which is great. Big Brother's definitely watching, so no one's getting away with anything. So whenever you say something out loud, you should really think. 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 Yeah, think. <laughs> Before you say it. Now, they were basically chanting a song that they made up on the bus that black people would never be allowed in their fraternity, and they used the N-word to describe these black people. Okay. Now, the first thing I got out of this that I actually loved, and this was a huge vindication for me is finally we are seeing 18 to 21 year olds being called out for the a-holes and the morons that they are. Yeah. Finally, someone, because normally in this country, all oh, the children protect the ch- They're just kids. They don't know where. Finally, someone is saying, these are bad kids.
1: Well, didn't the dean? I, I think the dean I heard, I heard today uh, expelled expelled. The two, they're gone. Gone. I love that swift
0: action. Fraternity gone. Yeah. Fraternity off a, campus. This isn't a Penn State thing where no. You're, you're, yeah. Gone. Gone. We know who did it. We know who said it. Boom. Right. Gone. Now, the fraternity filed a lawsuit today against the dean and against Oklahoma University, saying that you can't kick off an entire chapter of a fraternity for the actions of a couple. And I say, I and hope they lo- yeah, right? yeah. I hope they lose that lawsuit.
1: Yeah, no. Uh,
0: because the second someone wearing well, your pledge pin does something, that is a representative of you.
1: So what's their point? You have to get rid of the whole Greek system and not just one? Uh,
0: no, their point is you just expel those two individuals and not the people involved with uh, it. No, I say you're a unit. A lot
1: of schools have gotten rid of fraternities, uh, due to the actions of one fraternity being, you know. I didn't know, have disruptive.
0: A, I went to Fordham there was not a big fraternity oh, okay. thing on campus. How about your school?
1: Franklin & Marshall College, uh, when I was there fraternities were very big. It's a small school, it's only 2500 people, but I don't know what happened a couple of years later and they they ended the Greek system for over 10 years. There were no sanctioned yeah. fraternities on campus because of, you know, drinking or issues that 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 came up.
0: Yeah. We didn't see Greeks on campus at all it was like troy won the battle <laughs> at some point because we yeah. we didn't have greeks on our campus so they they must have redone the battle
1: but you had an interesting i mean i, I, mean, I don't mean to steer the conversation yeah. but uh you on facebook today you said something you you like the fact that they came out these kids acted you know weren't hiding anything they said it
0: i loved it tell me here's here's the here's the two things that i love about it one i like that people identify themselves as morons I really do, because normally you can't say anything bad about a kid. You can't say anything. And these aren't kids. They're 18 years old. You're an adult. If there's 18-year-olds, we consent to fight in war and shed blood for this country. You're old enough to be responsible for the words that come out of your mouth. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I love it when people are racist out loud. I want my racism out loud. Let me tell you what bothers me the most about ISIS. It's not what they're doing in terms of beheading. It's not what they're doing in terms of violence. What bothers me is they do it with hoods on. Uh, if you were truly committed to your cause, if you're really a chest pounder and we're uh, going to change the world, take your hood off. Yeah,
1: what's the difference if a jihad Johnny has a hood on or not? What's the hood doing? Yeah.
0: To me, that's Who are you hide it? Where are you right? hiding behind that hood? That's the KKK. Uh, and we've seen it with yeah. the KKK, that's it's again morons hiding their faces. Cowards, cowards, hiding their faces, espousing a cause that uh, supposedly they're so committed to yet. They're so committed to they're afraid to show their face and put their face to the cause. Yeah. So to me, I love it when I see this kind of stupidity in public <laughs> and this and there's another reason why I love it. I want racist to be outspoken. Two reasons why. If you don't have racist people outspoken, then you know what you have? You have phonies acting out in society and in back corners and in back rooms making deals that are in line with their racist beliefs. So basically, in public, you love all people. But in private, let's not hire a black guy. Let's not hire a Spanish guy. Let's not hire a woman. I know. I want that out in the open. I mean, are you with me? I, yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone could disagree yeah, with it's that. It's an
1: interesting uh, approach.
0: And I think part of that is you can't legislate stupidity. We have to be really careful here. It's one thing that you don't want somebody working for your company. You have the right to fire people. You have the right to kick people out of your private institution. You have a right to get somebody out of a public office if they're saying things that's inconsistent with what's better for the group. But to me, in general, if you let's say these guys weren't in a fraternity. Okay, if they did that action on campus, I don't know, as a First Amendment guy, that you can expel a student from a university just based on saying, you know what? I don't like black people. Now, it's different what he said. What he said is there will never be N-words in our fraternity. So you're acting and speaking on behalf of the fraternity. The fraternity was booted off campus. You're basically taking a position in favor of a division of the university. That's why I don't have a problem with the expulsion. But if someone wants to walk around campus with a sign that says, I hate right. black people.
1: Right. Well, that's
0: that's his right. Is,
1: is that inflammatory?
0: It's not under state versus. I'm sorry. Indiana versus Hess, I think, is still good law. And it's the First Amendment speech. um really case law in our country so long as you're not provoking violence it's like yelling fire in a theater you're allowed to say
1: right that's why i asked
0: yeah what your beliefs are and i don't have a problem with that i want to listen and i say it in my personal life if you don't like me that's great i don't (laughs) have to waste time talking to you (laughs) i don't have to be your facebook friend and look at your ridiculous posts i i actually enjoy that i like that better I think we need it for another reason, and I think this is very important. If you see racism out in the open, if you see someone like this espousing these beliefs, there will never be a black person in our fraternity. Here's another reason we need these people to be outspoken. We we need the KKK to be able to walk out into the streets without hoods on. We need Nazi youth groups to be able to walk out into the street. And have their parade. We need Black Panthers. The What's the other one that we see in New York? And some of the Israelites. We need all of these people to be able to to speak out loud. Identify themselves. Because that's who we can have a dialogue with.
1: We need to know that they exist.
0: Right. Because once you know who they are. And where they are. Now you can start that line of communication. I think the worst thing you could be is a closet racist. Closet homophobe closet anti whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't help the the process at all i mean isn't that what we want yeah, Is it?
1: yeah. so what's going to happen now in oklahoma what's the uh...
0: well legally it seems the fraternity has filed a lawsuit against the dean uh and the school saying you can't dismiss an entire chapter for the actions of a couple which i would hope oklahoma courts Will dismiss. I hope to see that case dismissed summarily, uh, based on the fact that, again, when an individual is speaking on behalf of a fraternity, and they could say, "Listen, they were just on a bus being drunk and disorderly. They weren't speaking on behalf of the fraternity." If that was in fact a fraternity event, and all of these fraternal brothers and sisters, or whatever it was, were traveling somewhere in a group, and someone was doing it, and nobody on the bus said, stop the bus, kick these two individuals off. Then you have a problem. It's the fact that this video came out after the fact. No one, rep- you know, no one said, listen, these two guys are a problem. We need them out. This is just a video that was put on YouTube or whatever. It went viral. So I think that's the problem because, see, to me, here's how you save the fraternity. Somebody else in the fraternity, when that's going on, says, whoa, 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 whoa. Guys, no. And that's, again, the, the, been the story throughout this podcast. 47 senators. When does the first senator stand up and say, whoa, 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 whoa. guys, guys. No, no, no. You can't hit send. <laughs> we can't send this email. When does someone say to Hillary Clinton, Hillary, there's a rule. You needed two phones. You just got to hand over all the emails. Don't delete anything. Hand them all over. I don't think anyone's going to read through 80,000 emails anyway. Give him who's it going to? It's not going to the public. And you know what? North Korea could hack in and steal him anyway. And finally, again, Oklahoma. No one stands up and says, Whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody has to get this kid off this bus. This is not who we are.
1: So the moral of our story is think. Think.
0: Think. Before think. you act. Just think. <laughs> think. Just think. It's amazing to me how stupid. We have been, as a society, from the Secretary of State to the Senate,
1: down to a tw- an eighteen-year-old, down to kids kid. in college, oh, wow.
0: and and there there is a microcosm of our society, the the, the college fraternity kid who will someday run for office, <laughs> become <laughs> yeah. a senator. A se- I mean, really, it's the wheels are falling off the wagon. Right. Am I sounding the alarm too no, much?
1: No, I don't think so. OK, once again, the voice of uh, uh, the, the, the wise I, uh, voice uh, of uh, just
0: trying to help people out. You're man. helping us, Vinny. Keep it up. Well, let me tell you, uh, thank you, Gary, again for joining us. I've had a great run the last couple weeks at The Daily Show. Um, I just finished my second week there, actually two and a half weeks. Why Your is, voice is hoarse? That's why my voice is shot. I've been having so much fun yelling and screaming and getting the crowds crazy for John Stewart, uh, who hasn't announced the day he's leaving yet. Um, So that's been a lot of fun I have all kinds of shows coming up I'm going to be at Caroline's this weekend Still at the Daily Show warming up the next two weeks If you're in the Bergen County area All kinds of shows coming up So face me on Friend me on Facebook Friend me on Twitter, Instagram Follow me everywhere you can Uh, As always I'm looking for topics Uh, Gary Warner again ABC's Former producer Emmy producer Best-selling author, leftist, <laughs> communist. How he got past those hearings in the fifties is blowing my mind. Google his age. We don't know how old he is. We think he's close to one hundred and twenty.
1: Julius, I love them.
0: <laughs> Everyone, thanks for joining me. Another Vince August podcast. Everybody, have a great weekend, and hope you'll listen to next week.